five, four, three, two, one. I'm John Miglosh for the WDMA. We're going to be talking about smart people and how your friends will know you're smart. No, 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 no. How you can meet smart people <clears throat> and some other things like that. So hang on. We're going to have a great time. Um, let's start with something crazy. Of course, we always do. And here is Christina Aguilera and others for Just Eat. And I think we could, well, we could skip a little bit. Y'all ready for something new? Did somebody say just eat it up? I thought it was just burgers and fries. They got more places than you taste, but are you hurting your life? Oh, this is what the app do. It ain't only fast food. Switching styles like off a road of rap too. It ain't only restaurants anymore. We can go bananas at the grocery store. I'm a bad girl for my takeout. You got fine dining, you got takeout, you got groceries. And the ad will be featured in UK for a while, and then Australia, Canada, and some other places where it actually exists. And this is by Jennifer Fall, it looks like, and I haven't met Jennifer yet, so we'll reach out to her. Uh, truly expected musical, unexpected musical showstopper uh, to reflect how customers feel when they see what's on offer at Just Eat as it gets harder and harder and harder. Um, you know, it's different. I got to say, it's really different. And uh, Katy Perry was their spokesperson last year. They had Snoop Dogg before that. And uh, Susan O'Brien, VP of just Eat Takeaway says, as our business evolves to offer more choice and convenience from your favorite local takeaway to dine-in dishes and everyday essentials, it's only right that we evolve our essential creative formula. You know, I'm not quite sure that that comes across, but she calls it an electrifying mix of Christina Aguilera and Lato. Uh, is not only unexpected, but it reinforces the message that you'll be amazed at the selection and quality on available on Just Eat. So directed by Dave Myers and uh, Europe, Canada, Australia, and the UK. So you won't probably see it on uh, your Thursday night football. Anyway, I wanted to get to this really, really thoughtful. It's It just... It's by Bob Bly, and Bob takes a, a question addressed to him, which was um, a subscriber, RG writes, Bob, I started learning copywriting a couple of years ago by investing in courses by Clayton, Mark, Makepeace, John Carlton, Dan Kennedy, David Deutsch, Jay Abrahams, Todd Brown, and you. So the, the person has taken a lot of copywriting courses. And then he says, though excellent material, I still need to be convinced by direct marketing. No, by direct response marketing. It brings me a flavor of being scammy and overhyped. Okay. You know, first of all, when you're writing copy, especially direct response copy, you want to really stay away from, though excellent material, you want to stay away from uh, subjunctive clauses in the beginning of a sentence. Don't don't qualify before you get to make your point, okay? Uh, 
it just takes away the force of the sentence, okay? And uh, brings me a flavor. You know, it's something I've never heard anyone say. Um, so let's see if it's still working. I'm having my my feed drops, and so then I can't see stuff. And it I've been working with with the techie people, and they don't know why it's doing it. Um, do you think it's a genuine concern I have? I still don't know if this is my path or if I should turn to writing content B2B or brand copywriting. Well, if it was years ago, a couple of years ago, and you still don't know, I mean, you know, either try it or do something else. But again, I would appreciate your sincere two cents. Odd phrase. Another odd phrase. I would suggest to RG that they write with an editor, with someone who knows what they're doing, because the the style is confused there's not really a an argument or really anything but just this feeling expressed anyway so if you feel so bob replies and this is brilliant if you feel direct marketing is scuzzy and you have a negative reaction to direct response copy and feel direct response copywriters are pond scum then don't do it right straight at you three points right <laughs> and why spend your days doing something you find distasteful look down upon and just plain don't like three more punchy phrases why do it why spend your oh where we go if you're more attracted to b2b blah 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 blah, blah. are you more attracted to those things <clears throat> probably some type of copy or content writing more genteel refined and low-key than hyped up direct marketing then by all means do that see how he puts that close right there go for it right there but it's really nice isolated bam do it you know he's agreeing with him he's drawing him into the copy you'll be happier at those things and do a better job with him and then he changes to his real reply one reason why i and many others write direct response copy for a living is that for a variety of, re of reasons we love it so there's more there's more why do we love it and you think it's scammy okay chief among those reasons is that for direct response copywriters the holy grail is response not likes comments posts warm fuzzy feelings or even brand awareness see now he's showing them where the real scum is but re replies clicks conversions inquiries leads orders sales revenue leading to cold hard cash we get the results and that's what we love many general agency folks look down their noses at direct marketers you may think that but because they feel direct marketing is inherently scummy well trust me it isn't when you have a great product and you want to get the word out, we want to get the word out. We want to make it work. Okay? But I have no interest in convincing you. You write what you like. I'll write what I like. And we can remain on friendly terms. Okay? We're going to talk about why you must hang out with smart people. Okay? And this is the PDF of it. Let's see if I can move it around. And um, Sandy is a thought leader in print and um you know really thoughtful article here and she starts off with 
No matter where you are in your print career and life, you must cultivate a large circle of smart people and friends. And I got to I got to agree with that and you want a variety of smart people because you know, some of the smartest people I've ever worked with, like the PhD statisticians, weren't really people people. <laughs> You know, and uh, I think of Jay Magnuson. Um, I remember him giving a speech at a DMA <clears throat> on his Shade software, and he sort of bent down and read his notes and didn't look up and again <laughs> the entire time. I think part of my <clears throat> the reason I had uh, you know a lot of fun in my career was that I was probably the most gregarious data <laughs> spokesperson. Back in the mid and, and late 80s and early 90s in there. And so uh, I would get a lot of high ratings. I would also get a lot of low ratings, <laughs> you know, because I was kind of playing fast and loose, kind of like what I'm doing here today. And uh, so <laughs> so anyway, you need a variety of smart people, right? And there's some people, you know, they there's this whole... Um, you know, new culture of emotional intelligence or sales intelligence or intelligent intelligence. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure if all of that is exactly uh, is exactly legit. <laughs> but the point is, is that everybody has something of value, and you know, it helps to listen to people and find out what they know and and encourage them in their journey and um, and you learn to build relationships with people who can open doors and give you advice and you can trust and one of the great things that helped me in that regard was uh, was the Jaeger system training from Dexter Jaeger and his sons um, Jeff and Doyle and Steve um, and I still keep in touch with Doyle and Steve, not so much Jeff, but anyway, uh, you know, they 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 taught that that you really want to learn to relate to people, which was not my thing. I was more the smart smart person that didn't think he needed any help. Um, Sandy uh, recommends Michael D. Watkins' book, The First Ninety Days, and I've been in a book club with. Uh, Dave and Ken, I'll tag them in the in the show notes or whatever in the comments below, and and we do a video summary. So I did a video summary. You can go on YouTube and find a video summary of just about anything, and I think this was actually done by Michael D. Watkins um, because it was on a YouTube channel called The First Ninety Days. It might not have been him. I I don't know anything about him, but. Uh, it was a really interesting book, and especially um, the idea is what do you do in a new job in your first three months? And uh, the first point they made, uh, there's, a, there's an illustration that talks about uh, the, uh, someone getting promoted from, I think, CFO to CEO uh, at Coca-Cola, and they just had a pretty disastrous career uh, as CEO for not very long because they were – used to having a lot of attention to detail as the CFO. You got to, you know, keep track of all the numbers and you got to have a lot of them in your head. And that approach just didn't work. And um, the Peter Principle, of course, famously describes the move from best salesperson to sales manager, not the same. Or, you know, very, very few really star players 
make good coaches because the really star players are treated differently, you know. And in order to get a team to really play well, you need to know how to get the the average professional player, which is, you know, very, very high performance person. But all of a sudden they're in a world where they're not the highest performing person. You know, you think even an offensive lineman might be an All-American coming out of college and, you know, get a lot of a lot of promotion by their college. Uh, the University of Wisconsin is always promoting their players and talking about who won this award or that award. But when they get to the pro level, nobody even knows who they are, even when they have a 15-year career. You know, I, I often read about somebody that's, you know, had a really solid career in the NFL and never, I've never heard of them. Now I'm not a huge fan, but so... So the, the skills that brought you to this to the to the new level, the new promotion, may not be the skills you really need. And that's one of the first things that the that the book recommends is that you sit down and think about what are you gonna need in the new position? What are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? Right? My weakness probably is team building, right? I'm all I'm I'm awesome at looking around and saying, well, this is what needs to be fixed, but you know, too often I end up fixing it myself. So Sandy could probably help me with that. Anyway, but, you know, there's some challenging parts in this summary that I listened to, which one of them was that, uh, and the link I put right here, I don't know if you can see that, but the link is right there in the show notes, which are available at WDMA.org. If you uh, join and support our work, join the digital resistance, or uh, you can even subscribe for free, uh, and then you have access to the member area. Um that may not be in my best interest, but it's, you know, to make things available to you. And so the, the link for that book summary is, uh, is, in, the, is in these show notes. Um, but one of the things that, that the summary said was you, you, you don't want to keep your existing team too long. You want to evaluate them. You want to decide who you're keeping, who you're not keeping. But then in that same section on team building, it said you don't want to make decisions too quickly. <laughs> Did you hear that? You don't want to make decisions too quickly, but you don't want to make them too late either. And that, of course, is that is exactly what C-level leadership is about. You know, when to put your foot on the gas, when to put your foot on the brake, when it's when you're driving blind, essentially. You're driving out in the future, and you really can't see very far, right? And that is that is always the challenge, and that's why you want some inputs. Um, the Bible says there's wisdom in many counselors, but there's also confusion <laughs> in many counselors. So you want to get into this, the coalitions and find out, uh, you know, you want to find out, find smart people that are that aim high and have excellent personal accountability on top of their intelligence. I think you also want people with rich life experience, work experience, who can connect the dots in unusual ways. I hope that I give you that every day. Uh, but also... In my experience, you want someone who uh, there's a book called Balcony People, someone who want who want to lift people up and want to encourage people in their advancement. Not everybody wants that. Believe me, my experience, you know, I've had I've had people just really want to get rid of me because <laughs> I'm a lightning rod. I was called by one of my pastors. Um, so. Uh, a leader, as a leader, Sandy says, I need to stretch myself. Sandy, are you out there? Because you can comment on this if you're watching. 
Um, I must be at the front end. Now, I may not be able to see it. It says I can see it, but uh, that doesn't always work. So I may, be, may not be able to see it, but I can't really switch out of this right now. Uh, you can always comment when the show ends and we'll talk some more and I'll reply down there. Um, I must be in front of trends. Exactly what I said. How do you see in the future? It's not easy. Trends, conversing with thinkers, intellectuals, dreamers, and brilliant visionaries. Okay. And I'm interested also, is anyone doing anything special for International Print Day? Um, Deborah Korn is behind this and uh, and... She is, she is something. She's brilliant. And the way, and the number of sponsors she's got is really great. I really admire, I really admire Deborah. Anyway, earn the right to be invited to their inner sanctum. Okay. Um, and San, and Sandy talked about how she volunteered to help update the corporate handbook, which sounds endlessly boring. But because she was involved with that, she got to meet all the division managers, our external risk management company, a team of people who raised their hands like I did, plus the HR manager, the company attorney, and our corporate CPA. All important people, you know, because a lot of those people are the people that will tell you to put your foot on the brake when you probably need to put, put your foot on the brake. Um, but a great leader sometimes puts his foot on the gas when everybody's putting their foot on the brake. And we've talked about that, especially in marketing. But from that, she learned how big company, companies operate, where they can be exposed. I learned as I went, and you can too. Ten places to find and network with smart people. That was This was really interesting. Good, helpful advice. The print industry. One of the challenges these days is I just don't, you know, I haven't found, I used to go to catalog conferences. There used to be ones called catalog conferences. There used to be be ones called database marketing conferences you know they don't seem to exist anymore that i can find so the print industry was excellent um you know w there are um dave rosendahl's group I, I i benefited a lot from uh which was covid print it's got something like covid print group uh girls who print i'd like to join that <laughs> i think deborah said i could if i wanted <laughs> Uh, print production professionals I'm in, print chat I think I'm already in. Uh, I didn't know about DScoop. This is for HP large format digital print users, printers, and customers. And so I'm going to check out some of the printers I work with and see if I'm, uh, if I'm, <laughs> if I have an in to DScoop because it looks like it's excellent. There you go, 16,000 HP industrial print and large format customers and partners. There you go. Um, mentoring and networking forums, you know, I've, I saw an article just the other day, I think it was in Forbes about how if you're doing a startup, you might want to do fewer networking groups, but because, you know, a lot of times it's only networking people trying to get into networking. <laughs> uh, local gatherings, you know, I haven't done a lot of that either. We try to have a few meetings for the WDMA in Wisconsin, uh, and we do have a secret, uh, Secret Large Mailers Roundtable for Wisconsin Mailers. But um, I've gone to a couple of these, and, you know, my my expertise is probably so narrow that, it, you know, they I, I didn't think I could really help out a lot of those people, and they didn't, they didn't even know what I was talking about. <laughs> headhunters, matchmakers, and platform providers. I get a lot of headhunters that want to connect with me, but I don't. 
I've never really, you know, I don't have any of them calling up and saying, you know, here's a job that I think you'd be perfect for. Or, uh, you know, what I've always hoped was that if headhunters couldn't find somebody that could actually be perfect, they could consider a fractional CMO or something like that. And we could we could share the revenue for that. Uh, a great place to network with C-level players. You know, again, I have that hasn't been my experience most of the headhunters seem to keep their their uh, stable, you know, of of hotshots separate. It hasn't been a networking opportunity. Not sure about that. Uh, masterminds, you know, I know a lot of there are a number of paid uh, invitation only or paid communities. Uh, Brian has one. Uh, David Foley is building one. I hope to be part of that. But they can be an echo chamber. It has been often my experience um, research groups you know I reach out to a lot of research groups but there aren't a lot there you know lob is doing the research and SQL just did a, a, a announced a new research study um, and so I've reached out to them a lot but you know I guess I haven't earned that the right to get in there <laughs> hobbies you know I took up beekeeping about four or five years ago and boy there's some really smart people in beekeeping couldn't believe it some people think bees are the are the fairy are the are the canary in the coal mine which may be the case advisory boards served on a lot of those those can be excellent um so really a good really a good article by sandy hubbard i want you to think about that over the weekend think about places where you might become more involved we would love to have some more help on the wdma um we work with a lot of great printers um and uh, direct direct mail 2.0 has recently joined um, and so we would love some some more help with that uh, that's what you're looking for you're looking for somebody that's got connections and wants some help that's uh, in addition to smart people I would say people with a lot of connections so thank you for that Sandy have a great day like and share repost that's worth like 20 likes and uh, comment down below bye bye